Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation to Freedom's Path Recovery Society. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing their services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality and sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path or any other organization. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, Hura Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Teresa, thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Um, yeah, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Ooh, I'm a little <laughs> bit nervous. I have to say that right from the start. Can yeah. I get you anything? A glass of water or anything? Nah, no, I okay. got that. Thank you You're welcome. very much. So I don't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I came into recovery. Sure, yeah. Kind of what happened. Yeah. Okay, so I've got... 26 years in January. Congrats. Um, yeah, it's been a, a journey, <laughs> quite a journey. <laughs> it has, but what a gift to be in recovery through yeah. it all, right? Wow. What a gift. Um, I have a history of drug and alcohol abuse and dependency since mm, I was about 11, 12. 11. Yeah, 11 or 12, somewhere in there. No older than 12. Mm. Um, And I finally overdosed really bad when I was 37. So I had used a few lives in between Mm. already. (laughs) And uh, so I ended up in the hospital in a merge. And I remember laying there, crying my eyes out um, because I thought, okay, I'm busted. I'm found out Mm. and they're going to take my kids and... And I was kind of getting away with it a little bit because they thought it was a heart attack. And I thought, well, maybe they'll (laughs) still believe it was a heart attack. And I actually went in because Mm -hmm. that's what they thought it was. And then they took my blood. And sure enough, I hear behind the curtain this nurse saying to this doctor or whoever, she's nothing but a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And then I lost it. Yeah. I... I don't think I stopped crying for five days mm-hmm. when I was in there. I don't think I did. And I, the nurse came and sat on the side of the gurney and said to me, I'm going to let it go this time. But if I ever see you in a merge with an overdose again, mm-hmm. you will lose your kids. You will lose your kids. Mm-hmm. And I've said from day one, I came into recovery to start for them because mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose them. I'd do anything. Yeah. And I knew. If I, yeah, I had to mm-hmm. stop. So I could feel that truth there. Whoa, like the goosebumps. What's that? The goosebumps is running up my spine there when you're talking. Well, you know what, David? I realized then, not mm-hmm. then, pardon me, when I started going to meetings that that was my first step one. Yeah. 
I did do a step one right no there. Doubt. I looked for those five days at the powerlessness. I mm. looked at my life. And while I'd maintained a great career all the mm -hmm. way through, made good money, which was my downfall. You know, mm. we had a house. We lived the secret lifestyle. You know, friends that we used with knew, but my best friend from school never knew a thing. Mm -hmm. And we had her over for dinner, and we'd run to the bathroom and go use, and she mm -hmm. still didn't know, you know. So, yeah, we kept that secret, and we lived that double life for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I, I don't know, after those five days when I got home, I started making phone calls on yeah. what to do. And I, we, I, my partner and I were in counseling, and uh, we had already realized in counseling that was, there was a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, at that time, very abusive, probably drug-induced because mm -hmm. of all the cocaine and and uh, I knew I had to get out of that relationship. Yeah. I knew I had to get away because, yeah, there was dealers involved and mm -hmm. there was lots of threats involved. And yeah, I went into hiding mm -hmm. um, when I decided that that was it. I had to go into hiding um, because I had threats in my life. So the kids and I mm -hmm. took off and we went into hiding for probably about, six months till things got resolved a little yeah. bit and I felt safe. I didn't feel safe to have them out there, right? I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Then I was going to meetings mm -hmm. and not doing anything else. I took a disability from work for long-term disability from work and, mm -hmm. and uh, went to treatment and, um, yeah, and started going to meetings. And that's when I started realizing what was mm -hmm. step one, right? And Where'd you go to treatment? Pardon me? Where'd you go to treatment? Was it, it here was in a, town? or? Yeah, yeah, it was the was the Vent at that time because it turned into the Villa afterwards or the other way around? The Villa? Yeah, villa I think it's first? a Venta now. Yeah, yeah, it's a Venta now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So it was still, and it was a day program they offered so yeah. I could be at home with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we were sleeping downstairs on a concrete floor with a mattress and wow. that's how we lived. <laughs> Yeah, but, it was, but to think that that's better than what you were living in, mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing. Yep. Yep. Because yeah. I was sleeping with a knife under my pillow. Wow. That big yeah. of a knife under my pillow. Cause, and I had the kids in the room with me mm -hmm. because I was so afraid. Yeah. Right? And they can't live like that. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. And I, you know, if I go back there and I think about it, I really sometimes just have difficulty forgiving myself for mm -hmm. that. I really do. That was probably my hardest thing when... Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, no doubt, no doubt, but the right thing, mm -hmm. but the right thing, nonetheless, leaving that and, and trying to change it, right? Like, yeah, well, and, and you know what, I was really lucky because I met Kate mm -hmm. at that time who her and I went through that first year of recovery mm -hmm. and, and he, I started going to sweat lodges mm -hmm. and I, I went to central and um, started discovering two things because mm -hmm. the God that I understood was not a forgiving God mm -hmm. and uh, I was full of shame anyway uh, from everything that had gone on like there was a lot of other stuff that went on that left me feeling that I probably didn't deserve to be on this earth mm -hmm. right and 
and the shame that goes with that and the self-abuse that goes mm-hmm. with that. So when I came to Central, that was why I I said it the other day, I, you know, your dad just saved mm-hmm. that part of my life because mm-hmm. he taught me how to to understand that there there was a loving God because mm-hmm. not in my life. Yeah. I grew up I, I call myself a, a recovering Catholic. <laughs> I am. And my whole other family is still. And that's an ongoing recovery for yeah. sure. Yeah, it is. For sure <laughs> it, it is. is. Man, yeah. oh man, what a journey there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think for the first seven years I came to Central, I sat at the back and cried my eyes out mm-hmm. until slowly I started moving forward and slowly yeah. as I started feeling better about mm-hmm. who I was, then I could look Wayne in the eyes. I always went up and gave him a hug, but I couldn't mm-hmm. look him in the eye, right? Yeah. So, and doing the sweat lodge mm-hmm. taught me about faith because with everything else that went on, I couldn't be in small spaces with closed doors. Mm-hmm. And so to go into a sweat lodge. Wow, <laughs> that's powerful. That That's, and you know, I have to laugh when I think of the first time Kate was saying to me, just go in there and pray. Mm-hmm. Just go in there and pray. Okay, so all I could do the first time was I held on to the ground and I said, Jesus, 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 <laughs> for about four hours. <laughs> that was it. That's all I could, that's all I could say. I could, and then each round would come out. I yeah. kind of humanized and calmed down a little bit. And But I made it through four rounds yeah. and that was faith. Yeah. Right? Total faith. Yeah. And, and to we, anyone who's never been in a sweat lodge, like it's pretty small in there. <laughs> even even bigger lodges are still pretty small. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, this one was in the back of when Fresh Start was mm-hmm. at St. Mary's University. And oh, it geez, was that's called, a long time ago. Uh, Christian Leadership, Christian uh, Clasp, Christian Love and Shelter Program. Oh, okay. And it was a treatment center. Yeah. And uh, it's now Fresh Start. Yeah. Same, same thing. And so... Things evolve. Pardon me? Things yeah. evolve, hey? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. That's awesome. That's a long time ago. And it was just this little, little tiny sweat lodge Mm -hmm. that maybe you could fit 12 to 16 people in. And sometimes we had 30, but we all fit. Wow. We we all fit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you might be kind of pushing the Mm -hmm. outer edge, but we all fit. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Sweats are amazing. So, and the other thing, right, about sweat lodges is that you're not supposed to go up between rounds. So that's where the faith came in, Mm -hmm. is that... You know, I couldn't pray. I didn't. Mm-hmm. All I could think of, because that's my that was my Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. Now I believe in the Creator, and you know, I'm mm-hmm. more of a earth-centered, universe-centered, more of an animist kind of person. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that's who I had to yeah. had to fire my old God and yeah. and uh, yeah, get a and new. That one. old God was trouble anyway. <laughs> it was nothing, it was but, nothing trouble. but trouble. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so my brother has this picture, and I always remember it. And it's called the Laughing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I ever thought that maybe the Creator might have a little bit of humor, mm-hmm. you know, and that I could look at myself and laugh. At Is that the picture things. of Jesus laughing with children? He's with kids or something like that? No, not that one. This one is just, just a picture him of him laughing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his head like a... Yeah. Yeah. But it would be neat to see one with 
Cool. I, I always remember it with uh, with kids, but okay, there's probably many variations. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd never seen one before because, yeah. you know, the one, yeah, it just wasn't about humor mm-hmm. at all. God, that's for Condemnation sure. and yeah. God will get you and, you know, so now it's about self-forgiveness. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you were going to Central and, because I totally interrupted you. That's and, good. And starting to do, go to sweats and... And it was at the old, the fresh start before it was fresh start. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I stayed with Central. I stayed, mm-hmm. you know, with that's a place of love. That's my family. That's mm-hmm. my family. I mean, we moved here, but our family moved here. Yeah. Right. And I went, I went with our, our family mm-hmm. and came here. And because uh, I don't think I've ever felt so loved and, and accepted for who mm-hmm. I was. And I didn't have to change anything. Yeah. Right. Other than. Go inside and change from the outside. Mm. The rest happens. So yeah. it's it's fun. It's interesting how that did happen, though. Like at Central, like there was, but it wasn't the whole place. And that's what I what Mm-mm. kind of woke me up about it was it was a, it was a group of people. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the whole place because no. the whole place was just like any other whole place. It had mm-hmm. people who were lying, people who yeah. were doing stuff behind the scenes, and all that stuff that every place has. Yeah. Except that little, that family that we had. And it's true. You're right. That family came here. That's, that's right. And that's yeah. where I felt the love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. There were people there that. Yeah. And we're all human, right? Of and course. that's where it comes yeah. from. But that doesn't mean that we have to make that choice to stay around that. Exactly. Anymore, right. Just to be accepted. Yeah. Because that's what I used to do. Yeah. And I don't want to do that anymore. Right? And we certainly don't have to accept that from others. Yeah. Right. No, we don't I have mean, to accept those behaviors. Yeah. No. No, and I've always felt loved, right? Mm. So, and I think that that's the other piece of recovery that's the gift, Mm -hmm. right? Is that, I mean, like I said, we're all human and not everybody. I remember times in meetings that I maybe was judgmental myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? No. Nah. Get out of here. But, you know, like the gift is the people that that happened with, as I did my steps, mm. we went about and and talked about things. We were able to talk about things rather mm. than those resentments staying there. And I ended up being, in one case, really gifted that we were able to do that before the person passed away. Yeah. Because I don't know where I would have been, mm-hmm. you know, in self-forgiveness with that one. Yeah. Right? That's interesting about recovery, though. Hey, eh? like no matter what's going on, there seems to be if we're if we're willing to take it, there's an opportunity to bridge those gaps. Yeah, right. Those personality gaps, if we choose to. If we choose, yeah, exactly. And yeah. if we keep working it, like step ten, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many. We're in step one, mm-hmm. right? How many years for me personally that I've had in the program? I'm constantly mm-hmm. thinking about that as I go, yeah. right? And because that's somebody just said that to me the other day is I think I have to look at they didn't say my side of the street they said it at my stuff mm-hmm. you know in this because they were talking about and yeah. I said yeah like bingo mm-hmm. that's what it's about right it's totally about that yeah and the that's what recovery happens. does is yeah. gets us more focused on what we can do versus what other people are doing right like yeah because what other people are or aren't doing is none of my business yeah. Like, absolutely not. I make it my business sometimes, but it's not, right? Well, yeah. Again, we're human. I yeah. think we all do, right? But I, I think, think that's what recovery gives us is that gift to 
to stay present here and say, yeah. okay, no, this is what I have to work on is over here because yeah. I can't work on Teresa. Yeah. Right. I no. can't work on Darcy. No. I have to work on Dave. Yeah. Even though I am working on Darcy. Well, no question. I mean, there are times, especially in the field, you know, in the field that we're in, you know, sometimes it's really hard to, mm-hmm. to accept that. Yeah. Right. Because you can see, well, you know, if they could just get it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and you want to give them what you got, but you yeah. can't. Yeah. All you can do is be a role model for it. So, so what did you do for a living before you came into recovery? Because ever since I've known you, you've been a helper. Right. But I also recognize I don't know a whole lot about you before I knew you. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know what you were doing, like for employment, because, I mean, once I got to know you, you were a helper without question. Yeah, I was. So. Or I yeah, like I got into social work right mm-hmm. away as soon as I, I, you know, it's really funny because I remember being 17. Mm-hmm. So I quit school when I, of course, because I went into high school and couldn't keep it up because mm-hmm. by that time I was 15 and doing IV drug use, right? Oh, and yeah. Just couldn't keep school up anymore. Yeah. So quit school and uh, always wanted to go back. And I remember saying I tried to go back at 17, but I was still mm-hmm. too deep in using. And my dream was to be a social worker mm-hmm. at 17. Really? So at 17 yeah. even, eh? Hey? Yeah. Wow. And I went from 17 to 27. Yeah. And by this time, I'd already, so I started off in retail, but I ended up mm-hmm. as a market manager and took care of Alberta. I took care of Saskatchewan, you know, like I mm-hmm. led the stores there. I mean, we had a great team in both provinces and so did really well, made lots of money on bonuses and stuff. And, you know, like I said, it was a good job. I really enjoyed it. But the funny thing is at 27, I was going to quit and become a social worker again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I couldn't get a student loan to go to school so because all the time I was still using. Mm-hmm. So any spare money we had yeah. went to using. didn't matter what it was or mm-hmm. to alcohol or whatever it was. Yeah. So anyway, so that didn't happen at 27. At 37, I did. Mm-hmm. That's when I did it. Right? right on. And it took that overdose to get me to... Yeah. So I had a car accident in there and had to have back surgery. So I had the gift. Everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. right? So I had the gift of having long-term disability from work mm-hmm. to go to treatment and to have the rest of the year to get a school lined up and get student yeah. loans lined up and get to school. Yeah. So, so I went to school for social work, and uh, yeah, the rest is history that way. But So my career was 20 years with mm-hmm. retail, and the only reason I... Because I... It, it's a lot like social work, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was in training and development. That was my gift. Ah, uh, okay. Right? That yeah. was my gift. And that's yeah. what, I don't want to say that, but that's what made the money, mm-hmm. right? I, tra- I got to train the people yeah. and train them well to end up doing well. And then I did well. Mm-hmm. So it was simple. Good equation. Yeah. Right? And, and I loved doing it. But it was very much like social work. Mm -hmm. The little 17-year-old part-times would, you know, first as a manager, they would come to me. But even as a market manager, they Mm -hmm. still, you know, when I was in the stores, Mm -hmm. they'd still come and say, can we talk for a minute, right? And people, a lot of people didn't leave. They loved being there. And Mm -hmm. I think it was because their managers were trained Mm -hmm. and they had good teams and part-times were there for years. Yeah. So we got to have these great relationships, mm-hmm. right? 
And uh, so I really enjoyed it. And that's pretty much what social work is, right? Yeah. 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 Is help, building is relationships. relationships. Yeah. 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 And there's kind of like a, an element of development mm -hmm. there as well. Of course, yeah. Right? And uh, yeah, so it was very, very similar. And mm -hmm. I think that that's why I stayed there for 20 years, right? Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't really go any further. The mm -hmm. only other place we could do was move. If I we wanted to move to Toronto, then I could have mm -hmm. got into one of the regionals or vice presidents or whatever. But yeah. my whole family was here and I would never, mm -hmm. ever leave them. Yeah. So, so I think in the end, I just got kind of bored and... Mm -hmm. That's when we really started using heavy. Yeah. And I shouldn't only say that. Janessa was born. Mm -hmm. And uh, the stress in our lives at that point, because she was not supposed to live. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how much you know about that, but she was Yeah, born. I don't think she told us much about that, did she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was born uh, with what they call mermaid syndrome. And... Right now, she's the only surviving girl that I know of, female, that I know about, that has had a child survive. What is mermaid syndrome? It That's the untechnical name. There's yeah. a great big long name for it that yeah. I could never remember. But we can stick with mermaid. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's congenital mm -hmm. from me being diabetic. And as soon as I found out, I, I wasn't supposed to get pregnant. I'd had like four surgeries to get pregnant mm -hmm. didn't happen they said give it up guess what mm -hmm. got pregnant and we were using really heavy mm -hmm. so as soon as I found out I stopped but yeah. in the first I found out when I was five weeks pregnant thank goodness um, but those five weeks your yeah. fetus develops already right yeah so, so there were some some issues and she like she had three holes in her heart mm -hmm. she has scoliosis really bad she was born with what they call in I don't want to get too personal mm -hmm. with it because I don't have, I haven't talked to her about it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, there was a whole lot of Lots stuff. Lots of stuff she going on. She had to have surgeries, yeah. a whole bunch of surgeries, and um, right through till she was 16 when she had the last mouth surgery mm -hmm. because it even went from her teeth all the way down. Yeah. So, um, and now they're looking at she may need some hip and back surgery oh, from the scoliosis. So, that poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So we were living through yeah. that where they said she wasn't going to make it 24 hours. And after 24 hours, they said she probably wouldn't make it another two weeks. And, you mm -hmm. know, you live like that. And so if I wasn't at the hospital, I was home using. Talk right? about a day but, at a time, though, eh? Yeah. Jeez. And I stayed there actually for the first month with her because it was the old children's hospital at that time. Oh, okay. And I could stay. They had a mother's room. Okay. And I could stay in the mother's room and just go be with her whatever time I wanted yeah. to, right? So I stayed with her for the first month, and then she came home. And then we didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. We stayed home with her 24-7, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when we kind of really, really used heavy yeah. because it was like a getaway, mm -hmm. right? Oh, that would have been so, so stressful, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, mm -hmm. I don't know what took us there, anyway. We're just talking about <clears throat> your journey. Yeah. We get to we can go in circles. There's no. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Neither of us are linear, so it's not really important. <laughs> well, and I I can do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> One of the gifts of recovery is that I finally it I kept saying like. I've known I'm. 
have ADHD mm -hmm. for a long time, and I wouldn't take any medication for it. And I finally, over this last little while, have tried because nothing mm -hmm. else worked for the depression piece of it. Yep. And my doctor kept saying, it's because of the ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no. Anyway, I finally tried it, and it it's working for mm -hmm. the depression, but it still doesn't keep me focused. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, but you know, like being able to address the depression, I'm laughing because I have depression. So that's why I'm laughing. Because if you don't control the depression, you might not make it for the rest of it. So, yeah, right. Like it's kind of, uh, you've got to address part of it. And sometimes it's the most dangerous part. Well, then, it, yeah. Like it, I always thought, oh, just get over it. Mm -hmm. Just get over it. You'll be fine. Just yeah. stop it. Just stop it. Like you're not going to medicate, right? You're and every gonna... time you did that, you made it harder. Because mm -hmm. we, like, as you know, when we keep resisting that thing, we just make it bigger. It gets bigger and bigger, bigger right? Yeah. 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 And as things happened in mm -hmm. life too, right? It gets worse. Yeah. Like there, there are a lot of medical challenges that have went on in the last 20 some mm -hmm. years. Not even, like since probably 15, 16, 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. Since in from the cold. Yeah. That, God, it's been a long time, time hey? And that's a lot of a lot of medical stuff. And I, I think one of the things, and this occurs to me regularly because I work with people like myself who are in chronic pain and try to manage it during the day and, and that kind of stuff. And one, one physical problem is bad enough for the brain. One physical persisting chronic problem, right? But when I think about like yourself and other people who have multiple chronic problems mm -hmm. right that the brain it just must take all of its strength just to get through a day right like all the energy in the brain just to get through a day because i with my back some days mm. i'm crippled like yeah. and my brain starts feeling crippled right like yeah. and it's immediate it's not like it takes a month for my brain to be like okay now we're crippled no no it starts from there yeah <laughs> like it, it does it goes straight there <laughs> totally right and then if if i focus if i don't focus on trying to do things that are going to help my body feel a little better mm -hmm. it just gets worse it gets worse yeah, yeah. it pulls you down yeah it does, or pulls me down anyway yeah. if i don't yeah it does and and i so i can imagine like sometimes it must just be so fucking bleak teresa like, I can't imagine it any other way because I know for me it's bleak sometimes. Well, and I often think of you mm. when stuff's going on for me because I think to myself all that you've been through with mm. your back. I just thought of it again this morning, you know, where I'm thinking, man, oh, man, like each surgery, mm -hmm. you got up, you put one foot in front of the other mm -hmm. and started again. Yeah, right? just like yourself. Well, but you tried. I tried. You always tried. I, I do. I yeah. do. Not saying that there's not tears that go with it oh, sometimes. God, <laughs> no. I, I, I don't mean to take that away from it because I, I understand. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot yeah. of pain. And right? frustration. I yeah. think that that's the difference. Isn't it? Like it's yeah. not about depression anymore. It's mm -hmm. frustration, right? When it yeah. goes with that, it's like yeah. just this last time we were mm -hmm. talking about earlier about going backwards off the curb it's like it set me back again and mm -hmm. i'm just getting all the muscles going again yeah. and being able to walk like my goal was to walk 5k's again mm -hmm. after the end of this year yeah. right and i was at four and i'm like yeah it's coming i'm gonna be there mm -hmm. right and and uh back to square one mm -hmm. like i 
don't even know if I could do a kilometer again now, yeah. right? Because the muscles and because of... You have to build it back up again, build right? Build it back up. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, so. I remember that. It must be frustrating for you because you're like an active human. Yeah. I've never known you not to be active. Like. Totally. <clears throat> totally active. Even at my worst. Like when, when all of that infection was going on mm -hmm. in my foot, I was in the hospital and the, the cardiologist came in and I said, he said something about, you know, it's going to be tough when you get back out mm -hmm. because it was a long haul. And I said, I know. So sign me up to a cardio program, mm -hmm. right? Get me going again. Yeah. I need that. I need to come out mm -hmm. and have that goal in mind yeah. or I don't know where I'll be. Mm -hmm. And more happened. And, you know, I didn't get to do the cardio program, yeah. but I am working out with visual. Mm -hmm. But I'll get into I don't know if I will. Well, you're obviously it. doing something to be able to work up to four kilometers, right? Like that's not a small task. No, no. You know? I mean, I, I, I tried, like mm -hmm. I do try, but I, my goal in the hospital was to run mm -hmm. again, yeah, because that's what I was doing, right? Yeah, and going to the gym and mm -hmm. all of that stuff, and now I can't, and I think that's the hardest thing, yeah, right, to to accept the the so. huge changes of life, right? Yeah. yeah, and I keep my faith about it, mm -hmm. like. I need to say that to you through all of that. Mm -hmm. Your mom gave me a hope angel, and I held on tight yeah. to that because that's about faith, right? Mm -hmm. and I remember being in there after they did the, the CPR, mm -hmm. and I came out of everything, and I said to the kids, just unplug it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be here. I yeah. don't have any fight left. I'm done. Mm -hmm. We fought too much, too long, right? Yeah. And, and they were mad. <laughs> no. <laughs> so when they didn't, then I thought, okay, mm -hmm. okay, creator, it's you and I. <laughs> yeah, what's next? <laughs> then what's next? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's when I kind of held on to that hope angel really tight and mm -hmm. said a few deep prayers. And yeah. like I felt the strength come. Like I just, that's why step three is so mm -hmm. like turning it over is step two and step three mm -hmm. you know is so important in the longevity yeah you know to just come in and do it once doesn't for me didn't mm -hmm. couldn't have worked yeah you know no, not I mean for my, either. yeah you know no and chance. i don't think it works yeah really i don't want to say for anybody because i can't speak for everybody yeah. but but logically speaking it, it it's not Logically, it doesn't make sense that it would only be once anyway. Yeah. Like, because that's just not how humans work, right? No. Like, we don't, we don't hear something once and then change forever. No. Like, we have exactly. to work at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And to be able to go inside and look at it mm -hmm. takes that kind of yeah. second push. Or mm -hmm. It takes something to get us out of the way, right? Yeah. 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 Otherwise, we're just encountering the same ego that we've always encountered mm -hmm. unless we get out of the way and find something that can help us. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then nothing changes. All yeah. those slogans, right? <laughs> nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Right? And then we were talking about that earlier, too. We were talking about, like, everybody is, we when we get scared and we get down to the nitty-gritty, what we really look for is the comfort that we had before. 
we don't look for the new solution. We look for a comfort, yeah. right? As opposed to a solution. Yes. Not realizing sometimes that the comfort we seek keeps us from the solution, right? Because the comfort we're looking for is to not feel bad, as opposed to having to learn how to feel bad and still push exactly. forward. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't I didn't understand that at all until the physical stuff started changing for me, you know? Because Well, what's that saying? Sorry, no, no, no I go, interrupted go. you. Sorry, go not ahead. Not at all. Not at all. Please. No. You go. I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> That's why I don't like interrupting people because you totally interrupt their train of thought. No, but you know what? Sometimes it's okay because I just start spinning. <laughs> so, I do too. It's all good. I did well. So all I was going to say was, you know, change happens when mm-hmm. it becomes. I don't know who did that saying, but mm-hmm. change happens when it gets too painful to stay where we're at. Yeah. Right, yeah. and I've really kind of understood that philosophy mm-hmm. on over the last while yeah. right so yeah no shit like it's been a constant reminder hey yeah 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 and then i mean the gifts some of the gifts that have really come is you know i my kids are growing up we got mm-hmm. grandbabies and other than covid put getting in the way <laughs> i have yeah. a great relationship with all of them mm-hmm. and and they're safe and as safe as mm-hmm. they can be, you know. And well, because they're all their own people too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. they're adults now. They don't need me to go and hide them in a basement anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. They don't. Yeah. And uh, but they did need that from you at one point. Well, and thank God you were, you were able to give it to them. And you know what? We I forgot about that. I was gonna yeah, like the gift of that is that that first year in recovery, mm-hmm. I did a step forward them right away like mm-hmm. I didn't really yet understand yet what yep. that was all about but I knew or a, sorry an eight and nine with them I knew that I had to apologize and make up to them mm-hmm. what I had done yeah and we were supposed to go to Disneyland my parents were gonna go to and my my dad got sick and couldn't so the girls and I took off. Mm-hmm. I went to Disneyland for a month. And uh, I had a whole month on the road with them. And they were, Janessa was only four. Mm-hmm. And Brittany was 13. Wow. Right? And I know way. I keep forgetting Brittany's so much older than Janessa. Yeah. Nine, so if you're listening, Brittany, years. you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs> I know way. I think I said the other day, my baby is 30. It's like, oh, what did I just say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And that's yeah. not you, Brittany. You're not 30. <laughs> What's that? Brittany's not 30. No, she's 38. That's right. Oh, I thought of that last year already. <laughs> she's the same age as I was when I came into recovery. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, last that's pretty year. cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool because yeah. she's, well, she, and she's had such a huge, like, change to her life, like, over the last couple of years has been enormous, hey? Yeah. What an inspiration, eh? Yeah. Like, I just. How did that make you feel? Like, because I mean, you've always been for everyone's rights. So ever since I've known you, yeah, um, the LGBTQ stuff wasn't an issue ever. Never. So, but as a daughter, like, it must be a little different. Pardon me. It, it must have been a little different because she's your daughter when she did make this change. Hmm. Well, you know what? She, uh, she was a teenager. She was hmm. not very old. I'm just trying to think. We're living in Woodbine, so. She was pretty young. We lived there three years, so she might have been very years. She might have been sixteen mm-hmm. when she came and said that 
she was bisexual. Okay, yeah. And uh, I said, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to do with that? Like, mm -hmm. where do you want to go with that? Do you, are you okay just being who you are? Mm -hmm. Like, because I thought she might have feelings on the inside. Yeah. And um, she didn't really talk about it much, mm -hmm. right? Yet at yeah. that point, I think she still, like, we were okay with it. She mm -hmm. would talk to me about, you know, this I think she even mentioned looking. that actually, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Oh, did she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She mentioned how easygoing it was for you. So yeah. yeah, yeah, like I just, but I didn't realize how not easygoing it was for her. For her, yeah. If I could have, because I thought at that time, David, mm. that like I, it, honestly, I'd been around the LGBTQ community my whole career because mm -hmm. I did retail and yeah. some of my best friends yeah. were from that community. I hung out with them, went out with them, mm. spent lots of time in bars there and stuff, right? Yeah. So it has never been an issue. Mm. And so for, and more than just that, yeah. like for everybody's equal rights too. Mm. It's not, it yeah. not, I don't want to disqualify that or minimize mm -hmm. that. It's like right now, the same for Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. I totally get that and agree and support that. I'm totally a, um, I'm drawing a blank, ally. Mm. For well, that, you've right? always been an activist too, right? Yeah. For yeah. for anyone who wasn't able to stand up for themselves, like that's some of the skills I I picked up from you. Yeah. From being a, like working for you, working with you, like mm -hmm. definitely picked up some of those skills from you. Being yeah. for everyone. Yeah. There's not a there's no line where it stops and all of a sudden no. those folks can't be helped, yeah. right? I, I mean, you, my parents, all that contributes yeah. to my own mentality of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, I remember thinking though, I have to say, because I thought at that point though, David, I thought, well, if she marries or if she's going to be with a with a woman, because mm -hmm. you couldn't get married yet, and I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah. I won't be able to walk her down because it was always mm. going to be because her her father, mm -hmm. her we called Dwayne her stepdad, we mm. call her her dad, and we were going to always walk her down the aisle together. Mm. Her father wasn't a piece of her life, her yeah. biological father. So that was my only, oh, mm. you know, no, she won't be able to get married. Yeah. Didn't mean she couldn't live together. Yeah. Right? And that was it. That yeah. was all. And that, so, that makes sense, though, as a parent. Yeah, well, and change. it wasn't just a, it was for both of whoever she ended yeah. up with, the woman that she ended up with, right? Yeah. It was at that time, you know, kind of neat if they could get married, and they couldn't. Yeah. So when she told me now that she was coming out, it mm. was like, I just want you to be happy. Mm. I And I love Bob, my son, mm. ex-son-in-law. I yeah. do, but not together. Yeah. Because they weren't happy. Yeah. Right? And so we've, I mean... We've stayed in touch, and mm -hmm. we still call him. We still call him son, and yeah. you know, I mean, well, he's and, still... and by all accounts, he's not a bad person. Mm -mm. Yeah, like had no. nothing to do with him, right? Like no. it was, yeah. I think it's. I always found it, or so far, I found it really cool how, not just yourself, but Brittany, and and has approached him as well, right? In terms yeah. of very respectful, very yeah. like, very much like, if if I could suggest to people how to do it, I would use that example. Yeah. I would say. Be honest to your partner. Tell your partner because 
obviously eventually you're going to have to anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, and just try to make it as honest as you can. Well, and look at what ended up happening for them doing it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, the way they've, again, I won't go into detail because I don't have permission, but you know, that they struggled. Yep. Of course they would. They struggled with the the way things are, but they've worked through it. And the kids, it's, you know, the kids are okay with everything. Mm -hmm. And that's how you want it to end up. Right. They're friends. Yeah. And the kids are okay. Yeah. Right? And you have to, the only way you can do that, the only way you can get that outcome is by being honest. Right? By, sorry? Being honest. Yeah. And just being open and being like, okay, this is going to be, there's going to be some trouble. Like, there's no question. Yeah. This is a huge shift in anyone's life. Right? Where, yeah. oh yeah, by the way, I can't be with <laughs> you anymore. I love you. You're a wonderful human. You're a great dad. Yeah. But I can't be with you anymore because I need to be with uh, with this lady over here, yeah, right, and what a what a shift, what a change, I but I think it's a testament to like how resilient you have been in your family, and how your Thank family you. is, Thank right? You. Because yeah. well, they've learned some skills though. Well, right. I don't know if they would have without the program. That's what yep. I was just thinking when you're talking about the honesty, mm-hmm. right? Because what's the foundation of our program? Honesty. Honesty. Yeah, and it's always been a value for our family. Mm-hmm. Right, family, honesty, and integrity mm-hmm. have always been family values, right? Yeah. And and that's what the program gives us. Mm-hmm. Like I keep going back to that because I think I I did have that type of honesty before, mm-hmm. but um, in certain ways that mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be honest all the way around. Yeah, you know, yeah, from like, the inside out kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, sometimes I think about it like when I came in the program and people always talked about cash register honest and I'm like I could be cash register honest that's not a problem but the problem for me is being honest in here like yeah. that's my problem it's yeah. not about like yeah you know what you gave me too much change I have no issue with that um, my issue yeah. is from in here coming out yeah how do I do that honestly exactly right exactly yeah. and that's because we hide that part mm-hmm. of ourselves right yeah that was Bill gave me a Bill Cross and mm-hmm. very early on I you know, I didn't think I had ego, right? Mm. Because I always felt like I was pretty humble. Now I realize that's false pride. Mm. But I didn't at that time. And when he said that to me, I was... So he gave me... He didn't say much except he gave me this cross that had different types of things beside it Mm -hmm. all around it of, okay, so this is what you're saying and this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And it was all pieces of like false pride right Mm -hmm. so if you have ego and you think you're humble you got some false pride Mm -hmm. going in there right and i was mortified (laughs) because i really had to go inside and look Mm because i thought i was a pretty humble person Mm -hmm. but as i realize now i i wasn't right it was false pride yeah it was it's such a tricky thing humility hey yeah yeah it's so tricky but you're right like it's I feel it, and the only reason I say that I, I agree is because when I sit, when I think it, I don't think it very often, first of all. I only think about it when I'm talking to someone about it, really. Yeah. Because I, I've, I think I made my peace with the fact that every time, if I think I'm being humble or I'm, I'm, using, I'm acting in humility, chances are I am full of shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> I learn that and then realize, okay, well, whenever I hear the words in my brain, you're, you're very humble, 
I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that shit and be yeah. like, not ignore it like it doesn't happen, but just move past it. Or even ask myself, why am I thinking that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on yeah. that I have to justify it? Right? Yeah. What's so going that on that I have to try to rationalize that I'm humble? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, in my head. It's pretty funny how that works. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, and that's where we've learned to laugh mm-hmm. at ourselves, right? Because yeah. then I can turn around and say, oh, yeah, here we go again. Right? <laughs> that's okay. Right. Yeah. Start again. I don't mean to offend anyone, but I'm full of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. so, okay, so like recovery, man, and you've been in for, for 26 years. Just about. Just about quite. 26, yeah, yeah. in January. So just about 26 years, that's a lot of life, right? Like, that, yeah. And, and so how, how have you dealt with, like, what are your keys to dealing with the hardships of life that just happen, regardless of whether we're sober or not, right? The difference being, if we weren't sober, we might not be able to handle it, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. I would not be able to handle it. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. Yeah. Because if I was drinking and, and I got into the, the back stuff that happened, I'd be dead. Like, I'd be so dead because painkillers were my thing, right? You were? Like, sorry? Painkillers were my thing back yeah. in the day, right? Were they? So, yeah, morphine. And, yeah, morphine. And, yeah. and uh, so getting away from that this time, being in recovery and literally saying, I can only take so many of these in a script at a time. And my doctor agreed, like, accepting that and saying, okay, like, we, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll monitor this. Um, I, yeah, without recovery, there's not that happening. I no. wasn't, and without recovery, I didn't have a sponsor that I could call exactly. and say, "Hey, like they're gonna get me on oxys. How do I do this?" And just being directed, take your medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't take more than you need. Exactly. Yeah. Just take your medicine, right? Which yeah. is basically what the doctor said. Well, and you know, I like your mo- your mom and I are really close. She's my mm-hmm. best friend ever, and you know, my life kind of thing. She Well, you're her best friend, too. Yeah, we love each other. And I think that we have that kind of relationship that I could be honest mm-hmm. and I can be honest. And I, like, I have been honest mm-hmm. with, you know, and if, if I felt it was getting out of control, I would definitely, mm-hmm. you know, talk with her about it, yeah. for sure. There's no question in my mind. I also have a great doctor who knows mm-hmm. that I'm in recovery and I, if I'm going to take something, mm-hmm. I ask her to hold me accountable and mm-hmm. to not, if I ask for more, don't give it to me. Mm-hmm. Don't ever give it to me. Yeah. And I think the, like when I had the back surgery early on, mm-hmm. in early in recovery, I did it with the first three days I took t3s and and that was it i didn't take i didn't take any well morphine makes me sick so Mm -hmm. i couldn't thank god (laughs) right but um i uh watched my dad with valium and i Mm -hmm. didn't want any valium yeah valium reminds me of the of the morphine for sure yeah yeah the nod and yeah and i watched him like his doctor prescribed that and that was the same doctor as i had Mm -hmm. prescribed him valium from a heart attack when he was 41 to 63, when he was 63, I said to... He still had a prescription for it? Yeah. Jesus. He was still getting it. 20 plus years, eh? Yeah. And I said, "Uh, Dad, Mm -hmm. like, don't you think it's time you're off that stuff? Yeah. You know, like, so he did go off. He was 
But by that very point, very seldom using him yeah. anymore. I mean, he because he would have been physically dependent had it been like every day for that amount of time. Yeah, and he right? would sincerely use it to calm himself yeah. down. Yeah, but he gave me one that I remember on my first wedding day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I they were taking pictures. 15 minutes before we were supposed to leave for the church, crash off the ottoman. They were taking the pictures. I was oh. sitting there and they were taking them and I, the volume kicked in and I yeah. fell backwards off the chair and I was out cold. They were oh, walking geez, me hey? in the front yard, <laughs> in my wedding dress, everything, giving me coffee, trying to bring me to from this volume. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that's what he was taking. Mm-hmm. And Isn't I was that amazing? already using at yeah. that time and that's what the volume, I don't know what strength they were, mm-hmm. but oh, anyway... So, I mean, my doctor started me on T3s. Yeah. I had bronchial bronchitis. I used to get it, what do you call that, bronchial asthma. Mm-hmm. And every time I got an attack, he would give me a prescription for T3s and antibiotics. Mm-hmm. I didn't even go in. He yeah. just My mom would phone and I was like, that's why I said it was like 11 or 12 when mm-hmm. he started me on those. And I was using... By the time I was twelve, of my yeah. own accord, but yeah. I started on, on the prescriptions really yeah. young, yeah. So, I well, mean, there's a reason they get they give them out, right? It's because they work. Well, they did. <laughs> they work too well. Yeah, they work too well. Yeah. Like I, so, um, I was trying to think of how we got there from that. Oh, dude, I stopped trying to figure out how we got anywhere. I'm just going to (laughs) go. I don't remember, though. Oh, you were asking how we, yeah, how going through it all, Mm -hmm. right? And what, I mean. How you manage the pain, but also not just the physical pain, but the the psychological and emotional pain that comes with it, right? Well, and I, the thing about all of the, because I, I didn't really like opiates. Mm-hmm. I loved liquor. Mm-hmm. I did. So that was a big concern for me. Um, but mine was the, you know, anything that was, that would speed me up, mm-hmm. that would, you know, like anything. Anything that would give me, like I did, I mean, what we used to, shoot up was MDA or mm-hmm. speed or mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that yeah. I did when I was 15 mm-hmm. right and so that I have always been more like I've always said even today if somebody put some cocaine in front of me I'd be in trouble mm-hmm. I would be yeah you know I don't care 26 years later yeah don't ever put yourself in that spot Teresa yeah. don't ever because I can't say for sure mm-hmm. I would walk away yeah I can't no, and I, I agree with you. I feel the same way about booze. I really do. I yeah. feel like if the circumstances are, are, and I don't even know what those circumstances would be necessarily, but yeah. if they're the right circumstances for my illness, I'm in fucking trouble. And yeah. I feel that way with booze, even after 16 years. Like, yeah. I'd still feel that way. It's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. So... When I've had to have uh, any painkillers, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't, In when I had that back surgery, I yeah. didn't take anything more after that. So I don't didn't really want to go through that kind of pain anymore. Yeah. Like I realized that that was kind of stupid. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It really was. I mean, it was some pretty major surgery because now you can, like it back then, I mean, that was 25 years ago. Yeah. Like I have a scar that big on my back, right? Yeah. From what Brittany had, kind of the same kind of surgery. And She's got a scar that yeah. big, you yeah. know? So the rest of it, I would allow myself prescribed mm-hmm. a certain amount. And after that, I... You would just it. take it as directed, and then yeah. when it was done, it was done. Yeah. Yeah. And held accountable. Like, yep. I would always let my doctor know, or mm-hmm. your mom and I would talk about stuff. I mean, yeah. that's one of my gifts was that, you know, that I have her as a friend, mm-hmm. right? Well, and that you're willing to talk about it, too, yeah. right? You've always been willing to talk about stuff, you know, well, ever since I've met you. But right? the acceptance piece of it, right? Yeah. That we're human, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that is so. the hard, but that's hard for, I think it's hard for lots of people and, and I, I'll speak for us. I think it's hard for social workers too, right? Like to simply get out of the way and, Sorry. Be, and to get out of the way and be good patients, right? Like yeah. it's hard for us. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have to laugh at that one because that is so true. Right? Yeah. We're, we're not good patients. I mean, no, I, I did pretty good with the back stuff because I didn't know shit. So when I was in the hospital, I just listened to the nurses and and tried to do what I was told, right? Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I'm a terrible patient, like terrible. I'm like, no, no, I got to figure it out. It's fine. <laughs> well, and I am even in the hospital. Yeah. Like I, I haven't had great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't yeah. for the medical system, for sure. So yeah. I am grateful for that. Very grateful for that. However, mm-hmm. part of what's wrong happened. When I was medical at in from the cold and yeah. that whole scenario that went on there mm-hmm. was has caused a lot of this problem later on. Really? Yeah. How, how well, so? Well, because they they did slice my bowel yeah. and that's what happened. I went um, the doctor that was doing the surgery yeah. made a mistake and sliced my bowel, and I went toxic. And mm-hmm. so, when you're that toxic. Like I, well, you you know, your dad came there and gave mm-hmm. me my last rites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think we were all thinking you were gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I was. Not the first time because I didn't know what was happening yeah. anymore. Like I was, I was gone. I was yeah. not there. Mm-hmm. Like my body was, but my mind wasn't. Yeah. I don't know where I was. But the second time, I remember him mm-hmm. coming in, yeah. giving me my last rites and saying goodbye and thinking mm-hmm. I wasn't coming out. Because they, yeah, they had to do that emergency yeah. surgery. So what ends up happening, though, is that it can affect organs in your body mm-hmm. because of the toxic. Yep. That So while I am a diabetic, and I get that, mm-hmm. that, you know, later on, I probably would have had problem, but I don't think I would have had this. Like, I don't think my kidneys would have failed. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, because it was very shortly after that that happened yeah. and that was the first thing that went wrong yeah and it happened very suddenly it wasn't like i had kidney problems yeah Leading my up to tests it. were all fine yeah and i was doing great that's when i was working out mm-hmm. and i've always taken care of my blood sugars other than what i was using mm-hmm. like i know yeah. those years i didn't but since recovery i've been really careful and yeah yeah and it just went suddenly and mm-hmm. that's when the, one of the nurses said yeah. It might be from that. From right? the perforated bowel. Yeah. 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 I, eventually it affects. And I mean, if you look at. How could it not? On, 
how could it not affect, right? Yeah. Like there's a reason why they're together and not perforated already. Yeah. And so they don't get into the rest of the body, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's poison. Yeah. All the way through your body. Yeah. So. 100%. But that's the other thing that I want. Gratitude is another mm. thing that you got from coming into the program, right? Yeah. Like that's one of the things that have helped and carried me through mm. is like, I'm really grateful for the for what I have, even mm-hmm. though I was thinking this morning getting up, I just want to be kind of normal where I can just get up and walk, <laughs> yeah. you know, and do these things. And then I thought, Teresa, stop it. Mm-hmm. When you were fighting for your life, mm-hmm. you just wanted to come home. Yeah. And when you got home, you were so grateful. Where's that gratitude? Mm-hmm. And it just I just went. Yep. It's because you're human. Hmm? You're human, right? Like we take yeah. for granted all kinds of shit. Even even good humans do. Like, yeah. Right? Like good humans get caught up. We just want something different, right? Like, But it's the gratitude that brings us back. Exactly. Right? It's totally, if yeah. we can get to that place of gratitude again, mm-hmm. then, then it seems to be okay again yep. for a while. You know, but then we do, we're human and we go back yeah. again and look at what we want instead of what we have. Totally. Well, and, and I mean, really, every human has the, goes through things in a day that will do that. But if you add in their chronic pain, you add in some other things, like where it's going to be much harder. Well, I find it, I'll speak for myself. I find it harder sometimes when the pain is bad to be in that grateful state of mind, right? Yeah. Like, and, and with the pain, for with sure. With the pain, right? Sometimes when in those moments, it's really hard for me to be grateful and to think of this as anything but a burden, yeah. right? But the reality is gratitude always brings me through, right? Like at the end of the day, what gets me through those difficult times yeah. is, like you said, when I can realize what I have and not think about what I don't have. It doesn't always take the pain away. No. It doesn't. It never takes the pain But it away, helps actually. the brain, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, You know, exactly. it helps me cope with the pain, you yeah. know, when I can realize, okay, and it doesn't take me a lot anymore because I, it's, I've worked with people who have so many different things going on pain-wise that mm. I feel like I'm not even in pain most of the time when I'm around them because I'm like, yeah, I don't say anything about it because I know that like everything in your body hurts, right? Like, yeah. And that's not the case for me. Um, and so that no, helps. Me I don't know. That I've had a lot going some, on. Sometimes, right? Like, yeah. But, but um, the gratitude just gets me out of that headspace. Yeah. Where I'm comparing even, where I'm looking at it, gratitude, it allows me just to be, you know, just to be whoever. Well, and it makes me understand too, like maybe COVID is helping this, maybe all of the, you know, the stuff that's going on in my life. But I look at some of the things now that I took for granted and it makes me, helps me be grateful again for what I have, mm-hmm. right? Because like I, I think lots of times about, because I, I, being a diabetic, take care of, I've always taken, mm-hmm. now I take care of my foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before it used to be taking care of my feet, yeah. right? But um, I, I realize that I have to be grateful mm-hmm. because I saw on TV, on the news, the lady who was talking about whether she was going to take the the um, uh, shot for COVID mm-hmm. vaccine. And she they just showed a headshot at first and she said, no, 
I'm immune compromised. I don't, you know, I don't feel ready. And I've said that mm -hmm. all along is that I don't really want to do that. But then they did showed a full shot of her and she had two prosthetics. Mm -hmm. And that brought me to my knees. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or to my knee. <laughs> yeah. To your knee. You know, where you go, wow. Because mm -hmm. my big fear now, my fear used to be about losing a leg. Mm -hmm. And my big fear now is about the other one. Yeah. Right? And to see her standing there mm -hmm. being okay. Yeah. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know what she goes through in her life to get there or what she's been through to get yeah. there. But she's standing up on two prosthetics. Yeah. Right? And I had envisioned myself, if that happened, being in a wheelchair for the rest mm -hmm. of my life, right? Nope. Don't have to be. Yeah. You know? So, back to gratitude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that, in those places, in those times, it's really easy for me to find it, too. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'll be sitting somewhere and someone might ask me about my pain and then mm -hmm. someone will come by in a wheelchair. And as I am about to describe how much my pain is, I'm like, oh, it's really not that bad. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I realize, I mean, I know that it's a comparison thing, but we have to, we have, to, I have to be able to look at my situation correctly in relation to other people's situations. Because it's not it a judgment. No, not a judgment. It's a, it's a, how are we all interrelated? Yeah. Well, we're all interrelated because what is bad for me might be a dream for someone else. Yeah. Right? Like that's my true. back pain might be a dream. Because there might be people who can't feel their legs yeah, and can't feel the nerve pain, but they can't feel anything, right? Right. And so like that trade-off, yeah. you know? Yeah, for and sure. It's, yeah, it's really not about comparing or judgment. It's more about, oh my God, we are all in this together. Yeah. <laughs> We're all breakable. We're all very fragile, right? Even, and we feel our pain differently. And we, we really feel our pain. do. Yeah. We do. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I mean, I used to when... I don't know, when I watched you go through a lot of your back pain, it made me realize, because I, you know, been walking with not bad pain. I always thought mm -hmm. I was really fortunate, yeah. you know, for 20 years, because they warned me right away, because they removed the disc completely. Mm -hmm. So they said, you're going to slip down, right? Yeah. Because there's one missing, so your back's going to go eventually, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean... And, it's kind of bad right now mm -hmm. just from walking this way and it's yeah. uneven and with what happened now it slipped right but yeah. that's 20 almost 26 years later yeah so i've been really fortunate at the odd time i'll wear I have a pillow you know yeah. in church behind my back or whatever but not where mm -hmm. i used to watch you and think oh i feel bad for you oh <laughs> man do. yeah no and I mean, back back stuff is awful, right? It you, is. Even if people just have back pain, it's nothing yeah. major. It's still bad enough, like because yeah. you can't do nothing with your back hurting, with your back all messed up, right? You can't. Yeah. You can't. And to sit, to stand, to lay, whatever way, it yep. hurts. Yeah. It hurts, and that nerve pain. Oh man. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know. Fucking nerve yeah. pain, man. There yeah. were times where I crawled to the bathroom at my house, right? Like yeah. just crawl in there because I couldn't, and then I would just have to lift myself up onto the toilet and take the pain while I was going, whatever. Yeah. Right? I don't want to get gross or nothing, but um, that's just part of it, right? Yeah. Well, and I watched my mom. My mom went there. Yeah. Uh, all of us, my mom, Brittany, and I have all had back surgery wow. for the same thing. And yeah. it turns out it's actually hereditary and it's a hip. 
Mm-hmm. It's the left hip where it starts. Oh, okay. And we all had the same. Mom had a fusion. My mom yep. had a fusion, which they don't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But she was down and out for six months. But yeah. I remember her crawling around the house mm-hmm. because she couldn't get up and walk yeah. when her back was out yeah. so bad. And I had a multi-level fusion. <coughs> Pardon me? I had a multi-level fusion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Did, and that's... They did three levels, I think. Yeah. <sighs> But it's, it's why, like, sometimes I forget that it's happened, that there's this, like, part of my low spine that just won't move. Because, and then I realize it when I get really fatigued. Yeah. Because I'll start doing this. I'll start sliding down, trying oh. to lay flat while I'm sitting in a chair. Yeah. Because it's no longer, the mid-back is no longer wanting to move anymore. Because it's starting to get tired and it's, yeah. you know, and then next thing you know, I might as well be on the floor. Next yeah. thing, sorry? I might as well be on the floor. Like, yeah. In a fetal position, yeah. Oh. I know. Sometimes, hey, it's yeah. just brutal. Um, yeah. How much time are we at, man? We're an hour. Hour? Uh, oh, did you get we? a picture oh. by chance? No, I didn't. All right. Wow, did that ever go fast? I know. It goes yeah. by so fast. Is there is there anything else you want to talk about, Teresa? Like, how, how have you... So, is it okay if I mention the fact that you lost a leg recently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I've been kind of alluding to it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I, I just, I think like it's incredible how you just keep pushing forward, right? Like, um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I've always thought that. I've always felt that way about you. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything you want to talk about to anyone out there who just might be, who knows, maybe in recovery with chronic pain, like anyone out there that maybe you want to say something to? Okay. Yeah. I really would like to give that message actually it's Mm -hmm. I think that being accountable is really 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 important when you're in pain right I think that for me that's what has kept me away from going any further yeah is that I know that I need somebody there that knows like you know, even the ADHD meds, mm-hmm. right? I am accountable to my doctor. Yeah. You give me this many, that's it. If I want more, no. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. then we're in trouble, yeah. right? Yeah, and if I start asking you for more pills, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. then we're in trouble. But allow yourself. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself those, you know, because you, you don't need to... I mean, if you're going to be in pain, you're going to be in pain, mm-hmm. right? Um but if the painkillers are helping the pain, then allow yourself. Mm-hmm. But be accountable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, moving forward means having that faith mm-hmm. um, and and asking for help. Yeah. Asking the creator to, you know, help me pick up every, pick, help me pick up, <laughs> pick mm-hmm. myself up and not yeah. pick up. Yeah. Pick myself up every day and get going. Mm-hmm. And on days that I don't want to, it's about taking it, one step at a time, mm-hmm. get myself out of bed, brush my teeth, wash my face. If that's all yeah. I do, that's all I do. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right? If I can only make it to the couch or if I, you know, if I can't. I mean, there was days in the beginning that I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, when when Dwayne was gone to work and I was at home by myself, like yeah. I was scared out of my mind. Mm-hmm. How do I do this in a wheelchair? How do yeah. I do this with one leg? But, you know, it's like, I know the creator really helped me with that. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to make sure that, you know, 
to get yourself as best you can mm -hmm. out of bed just to brush your teeth and wash your face if you can do it. Yeah. Even if, like you said, you've got to crawl, then yeah. we crawl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, be kind to yourself. Mm. Right? Try and get some time for prayer and meditation to mm -hmm. center yourself, even if it's laying face down in your bed. Yeah. Right? That's That's kind of what has worked for me. Mm. And I had a mom who pushed me like crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> as a kid, right? Yeah. And that, I think, has really been a driving force. And, mm. you know, but staying active is really important, as active yeah. as you can be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If Whether sitting it's, up in bed is all right. the activity you can get, yeah. then try and do that yeah. each day. And maybe if you can do a little bit more, like mm. I, that's what I do too, is if I can do. I remember when I went home with the wheelchair and I couldn't stand up. I couldn't because yeah. I had one leg. But I thought, yeah, wait a minute. If I use my wheelchair to support this leg, the non-leg, mm -hmm. right, then I can stand up with my good leg yeah. and support myself with my wheelchair with my other leg. Yeah. With the, with the, they call it a stump. I wish there was a better name for it, <laughs> you know? like Yeah, seriously, now that you say it, I'm like... It's, that is, a, that is kind of awful. That's why I call it my non-leg. Your non-leg, okay. <laughs> my non-leg, that, that does seem nicer. Yeah, it does, <laughs> doesn't stump. it? It just, I know. I'm going to tell you a joke. I'll close with this. That's, that's just what I do. And I have a sense of humor about it. So this is what... Mm. So I'm in the hospital, and I'm going to physio. And uh, this was my first visit in physio. And the nurse says to me, or the physiotherapist says to me, what's your height? And I said, hmm, I used to be 5'7", but since I lost one foot, that might have changed. <laughs> and that's how I look at it, right? We tell jokes about it yeah. all the time. Dwayne said it when I was in... in uh... <laughs> I lost a foot. <laughs> so I'm, I think I'm only... I'm down a foot. Now. Yeah. I'm down a foot, yeah. Oh, shit. So I, I don't know. Like, I... Just you gotta have a sense of humor about mm. things, right? Maybe that's that be kind to yourself. I don't know. I, I think so. Dwayne jokes about he's it's really stale now, but the first thing he did was joke about going to IHOP, right? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> I know he still laughs that hard when he says it. You know, I'm like, it's really old. <laughs> But but it's true. But, right? Well, you have to you have to be able to laugh, man. Yeah. This is like otherwise it's just too fucking depressing, right? Like exactly. I mean, really, you have to have a sense of humor. Yeah. About things you do, even about recovery. You know, that's yeah. that. Be kind to yourself, mm -hmm. to your own. You know, to yeah. your own self. Be true. Yeah. It was just yeah. gonna say that if we can't laugh at ourselves, then yeah. yeah. Well, we're in trouble if we can't. Especially some of us who are like literally born to be characters, like yourself, and <laughs> there's just people that need to be characters, right? And yeah. and part of that is is 100% necessary. Like we have to be able to laugh. Like we used to laugh when we worked with the homeless, right? Like yeah. we would laugh at some of the shit you should never laugh about. But the reason is is because we're trying to cope. We're trying to cope, right? right? And we're trying to not yeah. just cope, but survive it with a little bit of like compassion and kindness mm -hmm. and the jokes are essential well and it was between us right so yeah and it was never at someone's expense no, like it was ever it's ever. more situational yeah. right like oh back having a smoke when yeah, you still smoked back in the day <laughs> back in the day yeah. yeah 
Yeah, cracking up. And that helped us make it through the day. Right? Oh, yeah. It really did. Or the week. or Oh, my God. And those were hard fucking days. The three too. months of Westgate. Jeez, I didn't even <laughs> want to bring that up. Eh? I was like, I don't even know if I want to mention Westgate. <laughs> yeah, we <Yeah>. might. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll be here for a longer time. Yeah, that's right? for sure. Yeah. I mean, I thought the program, I mean, honestly, the the idea of it was amazing. Right. And, and yes. it, it even went amazing in some respects. Like it went way better than I have envisioned because of yeah. all the different moving parts that were a part of that. Mm -hmm. um, it could have gone much worse. It could have. Right. Like we were working all the time, but it could have gone much worse. Well, and there are things that I look now and I think, oh, would I ever do that different? Or would I ever do that different? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. We're also like 20 years older, right? Yeah. And we yeah. understand a little bit more and we're both in different places. And Yeah. It's like when people pipe up and say, well, social workers should do check on welfare calls instead of police. I'm like, no, no, we should not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless there's more than one of us going to do this because yeah. you know as well as I do. When you work in the nonprofit, and we're talking 20 years ago, 15 years ago, or whatever, like it, there was not um, there was not a lot of, of stuff keeping you back from doing stuff that would be considered by today's standards, yeah, very slippery slopes, right? Yeah, <laughs> like doing home visits alone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, would um, you do that anymore now? No. no. Yeah, no. 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 I. Uh, it's funny. Probably, you know what? I say say no, but if it was the same people involved, I probably would. Yeah. Because we got to know the folks that we worked with. And, and, yeah. and in that respect, I would go over. But there were times where I would go to do a visit and be like, I'm hearing some weird shit coming from inside this place. I am not doing a visit right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go leave and call and be like, okay, I came over for the visit, but I heard what sounded like a party. Yeah. And I'm not coming in with a bunch of drunk, stoned, high people. No. Um, and we're talking about crack, not marijuana, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. No. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff, hey, like unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, here we go. See, I remember the very first time I did a 12 step. Mm -hmm. I walked in on my own yeah. into a crack house. Yeah. And pulled, pulled out one of the youth I was working with from this crack house. Wow. Would I do that? There was, and there was needles everywhere. Yeah. There was, you know what? There was drugs laying everywhere. Because so I say I wouldn't have put myself yeah. in that position. I wouldn't today. Yeah. But I did, thankfully, come out sober because yep. I was more worried about her, mm -hmm. the person, than myself. Yeah. So I had tunnel vision. I just blocked everything out, blocked all the people out. There was and thank thank there. God people do that. But yeah. thank God people do the twelve step calls and they block it out. I think it's a terrible idea do it while by yourself oh like, yeah i wouldn't right? do it anymore yeah. even no. when people ask me now about like do, go doing it specifically for one of the fellowships yeah i'm always like dude take somebody with you yeah like why are you going to that you're not going to go to that hotel by yourself are you no <laughs> right like not now no of course but not. i was young and silly right first <laughs> i think it was the first second second year in the program yeah you know didn't even really know it and, and i'm still invincible help. yeah whereas i said that to you mm -hmm. the other day it's like, I think I liked it better when I didn't know any fear. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, well, I did too, right? I mean, because it was easier to work when you weren't afraid. Yeah. But then in yeah. hindsight, as you get older, you're like, eee. What was oh, I thinking? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you got, you're going to get a picture? Yeah. You just tell us when that thing's turned off, because then I'll start telling real stories. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe now's a good time. Now's a good time. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs>